Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, a podcast we are seeking to lead change while also seeking to understand. We are also here as a platform to provide leaders to unite, to develop, and empower other leaders in the areas of business, family, faith, and community. I'm your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by my co-host, John LeBron. And this week, we are so excited. We're here to talk about how God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. We had an amazing, amazing conversation and guest last week, uh, Rory uh, Mitchell, talking about uh, being an accountable leader. And this week, it, it falls in the same line and how we can be a leader and walk confidently in our call. Before we get into the depth of the topic, we definitely want to say thank you to all of our supporters, those of you that are part of our YouTube family there that have subscribed to the YouTube channel, Unscripted Authentic Leadership. Those of you that follow us on our various social media platforms, those of you that are watching, you can see that on your screen. You can find us on our Facebook page, Unscripted Authentic Leadership, also on our Instagram handle at Unscripted Leadership, and even on our LinkedIn, Unscripted Authentic Leadership. Those of you that may not watch the podcast, but you are part of our listening audience, you can find us on any major streaming platform that podcasts are provided on from Apple to Spotify to Google Podcasts to iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and so forth. Also, if you would love to connect and engage with us and even be interested in being a guest on our podcast, you can check us out on our website, unscripted-leadership.com. That's unscripted-leadership.com. We would love to connect and engage with you there. Let's get into the conversation, bro. This week, another exciting topic about how God does not qualify, but he qualifies the call. As always, I love to just lay that foundation here that we believe here at the Unscripted Authentic Leadership that everybody's a leader. Everybody has a purpose. Everyone is a leader in their own aspect, in your own right. Whether you're leading one person or you're leading a hundred or you're leading a thousand. We're all leaders and outside of just being a leader, we all have a purpose, we all have a destiny, we all have a call. And I know that the the topic is God um, does not call the qualified, but he he qualifies the call. And not only is that coming from a spiritual uh, context and aspect, but it's more so to get you all to recognize, those of you that will watch and listen to this, that you have a purpose. And I know that's kind of a, it, it can be a cliche, because we've heard it so much, bro. We've seen it on books, purpose-driven life, you know, purpose, purpose, purpose is almost uh, a word that's kind of got worn out. But I think when we really look at the definition of purpose and called, that's what we really are talking about when we say God uh, doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. We've all been called to something or to someone. And so we all have that purpose. And when we receive this call, um, it's not it's not as if God calls us on the phone, right? It, it, the call comes in various ways. Um, many times calls can come through confirmations of conversations through someone. It can come through a confirmation of something that you read. It can come through something that you've seen. And oftentimes it'll be a internal feeling, an intrinsic feeling that I can't get away. I feel like I'm called to teach. I feel like I'm called to be a leader in my organization. I feel like I'm called to impact my community and be a social worker. I feel like I'm called to make a difference in the political realm. And so I want to go to school and study uh, criminal justice. You know, these calls come from a different and wide 
variety and spectrum. And the beautiful thing about it is, is that we all have not been called to the same thing. I think about, um, we talk about America as the melting pot. And we think of that, we look at that melting pot, right? And in that pot, we have so many different varieties of, of backgrounds. We have varieties of credentials. We have varieties of, of perspectives. We have varieties of ethnic, ethnicities. We have varieties of languages and diversities. And in that melting pot, you can find people that have all been called to make a difference, that have been called to do different things. And the beautiful thing is that when we all come together, you and I have may, may not have been called to the same thing, but we've all been called because of a purpose. And, and so it's interesting because um, we really want to get into the aspect of it's not always easy being called because those of you uh, as John, as you and I are, uh, we've been called. This is one of the things that we've been called to do. You can underestimate yourself. You can feel like you're not good enough. And you look at that definition of qualified. It, it just simply means officially recognized as being trained to perform a particular job or certified not complete or absolute, here it is, limited. And that's where that's where many of us feel that, okay, I know I've been called to, to do this work. I know I've been called to work in this ministry. I know I've been called to start this business. I know I've been called to be an entrepreneur, but I don't feel complete or I feel limited in my gift. I feel limited in my call because I don't feel like I have enough. And I don't feel like that I'm necessarily qualified to do what I've been necessarily called to do. And so that's where I kind of want to open up the conversation, bro. And I'm excited to see where this goes, just to see your perspective of, you know, I know you've been called, bro, but what do you feel? What were the feelings that you felt that when you were called to a certain thing and you can let our audience know, bro, you know what that is and go into detail what that is, but what was the feeling? Did you, did you go ahead and jump out and just do it? Or did you have that feeling of inadequacy that, Hey man, I don't feel qualified enough to do this. So I don't, I think, um, you know, a lot of people when they're like, what am I ask the question that are basically posed the question, like, what am I called to do? They don't really know. I think and often, mm -hmm. I think sometimes though, it will have something to do with some of your gifts. It doesn't mean your gifts. You even know your gifts though. Often you think it may not be your gift. You just haven't sharpened it enough. Yep. And so that, you know, when I was in high school, I was terrified of public speaking, terrified of it. Uh, we I had speech classes and stuff, and I would always try to go last. I just, <laughs> it was just, I had a low self image. I didn't want to be teased, all those things. And then I got went to college and I remember having speech classes and I was like, oh, more speech. At least by then I was nervous, but I felt like I could be a little, I, for whatever reason, I would be myself. And then somewhere in there, I remember having a teacher for business class and he'd asked me if I'd done any speaking before. And I said, no. And he says his comments, this may not sound like a compliment. I took it as one. I think he meant it as one. And he said, you have a, he said, I, you have a nice delivery. You have a very dry uh, delivery or something like that. And I thought, huh? But what he meant was, uh, a lot of people are very nervous and they rehearse what they're saying. Well, I used to always forget what I was, if I wrote everything out, I would forget it. And I didn't want to be the guy that read my speech. So I would write bullets and I would only speak on things that I had knowledge of. So when we got to pick a topic, 
I would pick a topic that I enjoyed and then I would research it further. So therefore, when I got up there and I forgot things, it came pretty easy. Well, yeah. basically he meant, hey, when you deliver things, it, it seems like you're just talking to the audience. I thought, oh, okay. So that was when I first started feeling good about speaking like here or in public areas. Or, you know, doing tr I do training a lot in public speaking and stuff like that. Sure. Um, so I would say that, you know, I identified my calling probably about 10 years ago as being like my, my goal is to help other men understand how to be men and how to um, lead their families, how to lead their communities. I'm not saying women can't lead communities um, and, and lead families. Of course they can, but I'm not a woman. So I'm not, you know, I right, can't right. tell a woman how to be the best woman they can be. Sure. I can give all give leadership principles. I can explain how to succeed in certain areas, but the core of my calling is to help men because I think we have a lack of manhood in this country, and I think we have a lack of men who will step up and be men. Thank God the women in this country are so strong, and they can take the they can at least hold down the fort when there's a family and the man does not show up when he should. Um, that there's a, you know, how, how often is the, you see it here all the time that the issue in this country is not that we have, it's not that we have absentee mothers. It's been absentee True. fathers. True. The absentee mother thing isn't even something we talk about. It's really not as prevalent, right? It's because too many dudes can't step up to the plate. And so that has been my calling for a long time. I had an amazing father growing up. You had an amazing father growing up. Yes, sir. Um, I, he did. I, I rode in the car with him and I was thoroughly impressed with him. And I rode in the car with him for about uh, back and forth, about two, an hour or two. Yeah. And I thought, wow, I was a better person after leaving that car with your dad. And I don't even think Ooh. he was trying that. I just, you can <laughs> tell him, I seriously just felt stretched by some of the things he had done and said and the way he conducted himself and how just there's a, I could go into this later, but I go stretched as now. a person. Yeah. And because Mr. Lane, um, just how he conducted himself in the car and stuff. We talked about you and things like that. But, um, you know, how when someone would cut him off in the road, it didn't phase <laughs> him. He would just be like, oh, Lord bless them. They're probably having a bad day or something like that. You know, and I thought, wow, I certainly would not have said that. And right. uh, he's just a better man than me. But anyways, back to topic. Um, so my calling, you asked, has always been to help help men become um, better men. And I, uh, you know, and how do you find that you pivot all the time, guys? Right. So I started, um, I was going to church. I was kind of, a, a in my early, uh, about mid twenties, I'd been going to different churches, trying to find the one I went to one. And then basically long story short, I started doing some youth ministry. I thought, Hey, my goal. And I knew this before has been to help men become better leaders. But what if I could just start early, right? teenagers then they go into manhood as better leaders and so i did that for five or six years i eventually got out of it realized that wasn't quite what i was looking for but quite what i was called loved it had a lot of fun whatever did a lot of stupid stuff with kids and paint and throwing you know youth youth groups it's, it's, it's a blast but then i realized though that's not quite it so you're always kind of pivoting and finding those little things and it can change over time but doesn't mean that the it doesn't just because you change your delivery doesn't mean you've changed your calling, 
right? Ooh. Let's not forget that, guys, because sometimes the door can close because you got a better something better. You're now equipped more to lead that next step. Um, yeah. Anyways. Ooh. <laughs> I love that last part that you said. Uh, just because your delivery has changed doesn't mean that your call has changed. That is so good. And I, I want to back up to something that you said that was really good. When you talked about when you were in school, you felt uh, you were deficient in the public speaking area. And many times we think because we have an, an area of weakness, that is the area that we should shy away from. But what I've come to find out, bro, because I'll share my own um, story of weakness in a second, um, similar to yours, is that in my own life, and I believe that those of you that will watch and listen to this, that if you find the area that you are weak in, that's probably the area that you're called to. It, it's, it's the way that I've come to find out that God works. The reason why he does this is because he uses our deficiencies for us to lean and depend on him to supply his strength so we don't get the big head and say, you know what, the reason why I'm so good at this is because Lafayette's so good. The reason why you're so good at this is because John is so good. Those of you that will listen to this, oh, I'm so talented because of my own gifting and strength. No, this is literally bigger than me. This is bigger than us. And, and not to get too spiritual and deep, but the Bible says that our weakness is made perfect. God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So literally those, those areas of weakness that you feel that are quote unquote weak in your life is the areas that God will use to show the world how big and how strong he is through the areas you feel weak in. So for example, I'm 27 years old and I've always hated speaking in front of people. Um, just as John, I can remember those of you, you may not know, I, I've grown up in church all my life. And I, and I mean, literally. Um, and when I was little, we used to, when Easter came around, we used to have to do Easter speeches. Uh, and so we would have to memorize a speech and say it in front of the church. I would, I would literally cry. Uh, especially with my father, Mr. Lang, that uh, John's talking about. I felt pressure from him because just a look from him would make me nervous. Um, and here it is, this guy that does not like to speak in front of people, that does not talk, would rather read a book, has been called to ministry to preach. You know, not to just speak or say a few words, but to literally declare the word of God uh, to people and to declare it to the point to where they want to believe in the Christ that I believe in. And so this call, I started preaching when I was 18 years old and uh, it wasn't easy and it's still not easy. And every time I mount that pulpit or I get an opportunity to preach, I literally have to depend on God because I know me, you know, and I know my areas that I feel that I'm deficient in. And I believe that God will use you the most when you realize that it's not you, when you can realize that man, I literally cannot do this without God. I cannot do this without help. And those of you that may watch this, you may not believe in the God that I believe in. Whatever you, whatever you believe in, I'm not here to try to sway you either way. All I'm trying to tell you is, is that you will not be able to fulfill your call and your purpose in the way that it's intended to be until you realize that you can't do it on your own. And, and not only can you not do it without God, you cannot do it without other people. You know, in that moment, it's not just me speaking. It's not just me preaching. Those of those that I'm preaching and I'm speaking to, they're preaching with me. 
you know, because the message comes to the messenger first. And I think those of you that will watch this, your calling is not just to lead other people, but while you're leading them, you're leading yourself. It's a, it's a, it's a principle from a book that I read on leadership that said you have to practice while you perform, you know? And so those of you that feel deficient and feel like, you know what, I'll start walking in my call when I have it all together. If you wait for that, you'll never do it because the reality is, is that we are human beings and we are flow. So no matter how much practice you put in, no matter how many hours um, that you uh, go over and you should do those things, you should prepare. That's not what I'm suggesting. But even those that per perform and, and prepare, ask any athlete that's been playing, that's on a professional level, that's been doing it since they were in Little League, they still miss a free throw. LeBron, no matter how great he is, he's not 100% from the floor every night. And guess what? He never has been, you know, and that's okay. Even how many hours and how many gifted, um, how much gifting is in him, it's because we're flawed by nature. But the beauty of what we do is in our flaws. There's a song that John Legend says, it's a love song. He says, I love all your perfect imperfections. And I think that we have to start realizing that even our imperfections are perfect if we're doing what we're supposed to do in our call, right? Because if we're actually walking in our call, there is no quote unquote mistakes that are too big that you can't overcome because that's what makes the beauty of your call that God already knew that you were not quote unquote qualified enough and he still called you. Think about that. Think about the fact that he knows your deficiencies. He knows mistakes that you're going to make from, from the time that you're here now to the day that you die. And he still says, I want to use you. And so those of you that will listen to this, you have to get out of this mindset that I have to quote unquote, be qualified enough. You cannot have enough degrees on your wall to be quote unquote, qualified enough or good enough. You just have to realize and recognize in yourself that today I'll be better than I was yesterday. And tomorrow I'll be better than I was the day before. And I'm going to continue to get better and stronger and keep on going. And I want, I want to tap into something, bro, that you really said that really struck a chord with me as well. You talked about that sometimes you don't know, <laughs> you know, you don't know what your call is. And sometimes what I've come to discover is that if you don't know, you know, try, try things out. Don't be afraid to try. Uh, don't be afraid to try and fail. Don't be afraid to try and say, I didn't get this one right. And not just, not only just try, but if sometimes <laughs> you can't recognize the gift within yourself, ask somebody around you because another perspective can give you something that you may not see within yourself. You'd be surprised those around you may have greater insight to what you're good at than you are even your own self. And the reason why that is, because I can test this to myself and John, I'm sure you can. Sometimes you're your biggest critic. And, and when you're your own biggest critic, you can't even see how great you are because you can't get out of your own way. Right. So uh, many of us need to to get out of our own way. Those of you that will that will listen to this, those of you that will watch this. It's time to get out of your own way, move out of your way. And so you can get in the way of doing what you've been called to do. Bro, I, I love it. And, and, and is there anything else that you wanted to add, bro? I know we're just not really just getting into the topic, but let, let's talk about how in your life, how did you use your deficiencies a little more to use as your strengths? You turned your weaknesses into your strengths.
Well, I don't know that I even turned them into my strengths on purpose necessarily mm. early on. Okay. Guys, you have to understand that you have to be willing to come out of your comfort zone, right? Everybody, the world teaches you all the time, like to fix all your weaknesses, to fix all your weaknesses. You have strengths too. You can focus on your strengths. You can double down on them and, and work on the things you're not as good at. But if there's something you're absolutely terrible at, I mean, I, I can't skateboard, right? I'm <laughs> terrible at it. My neighbor, a friend of mine, he's amazing at it. He's just ain't about the same age as me, right? Yeah. Just understand this. God, when he chooses you, he's very aware of your weaknesses already. He right. already knows what they are. So when you say something like, I'm not a good public speaker, he may say, but you're a great listener, and that's what we need. Or when you say, I'm not a big picture person, he may say, yes, but I need you to see the finer details. Or, you know, I don't know if I can do it. He says, just take one step forward. Like, just step into it. Um, you, you know, you may ask, like, what happens if I mess up? Well, he may say, well, what if you succeed? Right? Yeah. These are the things you have to ask. You have to think the opposite. When you ask, what will everyone think? Which is why most of you won't take a step forward. He's probably thinking, well, what about what I think? Yeah. Right? Any objection you may have, God has an answer for why he chose you. <clears throat> you were created for a purpose. And, um, you know, we all have this, get this emptiness inside. We've all experienced that at one time or another. And I personally do not think that anybody will get rid of that emptiness until you start to walk in your purpose. Right. I think it's impossible. And you will not walk in your purpose with under 100% comfort because you do not grow when you're comfortable. You grow when you're under pressure. You grow when things are difficult. You grow when you don't know if the mission that you're supposed to do can be accomplished, but you move in faith anyways. And yep. as you walk in faith, you begin to see the small victories as Lafayette just talked about this one step forward. And as you see those small victories that you didn't think you could do, but now God's showing you one step at a time you can, your confidence in your ability and in God's vision for your life will grow. And that will prepare you for the next step. So, yep. I don't know that I ever said I'm a bad speaker or I'm terrible. I don't know if I was ever a bad speaker. I just know that I was scared of speaking. And so obviously I, I wouldn't be amazing at it because I avoided it, but I don't know if I was just naturally bad. I didn't have a stutter. I didn't have an awkward way of talking to people. I was just had a low self image. And so eventually opportunities came up for me to just, train in this public area or speak here or go to this group and share my perspective or whatever. And instead of avoiding it, I decided, well, I'm just going to do it. And I would do it and I would do it more and more and more. And eventually I felt comfortable in a group of 10. Then I felt comfortable in a group of 50. Now I can do 100, 200 people. It doesn't bother me. Um, have yet to speak in front of a thousand people or anything like that. But definitely has been a couple hundred and I felt good. I, I feel, I always feel that rush though, right? For me, it's like people say, do you get, a, do you get nervous? I'm like, I, it's more of a, 
of a um, anticipation. It's like if you're going out to a big game and you're if you're playing a sporting event and the lights are on and you're getting ready to go out in the field and you just feel that sort of adrenaline. That's how it makes me feel. But I also know that I, you know, I always picture it this way. Like people say, what if you mess up? And it doesn't bother me to mess up, but I always feel like God's like standing right behind me. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, don't yeah. worry. We got like, we got this. Yeah. And so I don't have to worry about messing up. I don't have to worry about that stuff. I just have to worry about being the best me. And regardless, we'll get, we'll get through it and we'll be effective. So I don't know if that answers exactly what you're going for. No, man. But essentially, I don't know that I looked at it as I'm, I'm terrible at this. I better fix this. Probably my calling. Yeah. It was more just as opportunities come up, you're scared of it. Don't be scared. Step into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that was so good. And the thing that we focus on the most is the thing that we will do. So a lot of these times it's not that you're messing up because you're deficient or you're not qualified. It's that you're literally in your own head. And, and, you know, if you focus on messing up, well, guess what? That's exactly what you're going to do. If your focus and your mindset is that you're going to fail, well, that's what you're going to do. But I love how you said, you said three things that I put on my phone as you were talking. Um, the first one you talked about, step into it. Ooh, so good, bro. Step into it. And what strength, what fortitude does it take for you to step into the thing that you're fearful of? You know, what 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 kind of man, what kind of woman, what kind of leader do you have to be to step into the very thing that you feel like that you can drown in? You have to step into the very thing that you feel like uh, proverbially could kill you, you know, uh, and, and, and in order for us to reach that next level, those of you that will listen to this, I need you to hear this. As John said, it's time for you not to just step up, but it's time for you to step into it. What is it? It is your purpose. It is your calling. It is the thing that you're fearful of, but you realize that if I don't do it, I will die unfulfilled. And so which is scarier? Stepping into your purpose, not knowing exactly how to do it, or running the risk of living your whole life and dying unfulfilled? I heard Bishop T.D. Jake said, he says, when he dies, he wants to die empty. What do you mean? That when I die, my legacy is that I poured out everything that God put in me. And so when I die, it's okay because I left nothing left on the table to give. And those of you that will listen to this, you have to live a full life pouring out everything that God has put into you. So when we say, what is your legacy? We will say they live full and they died empty because they stepped into it. And so you have to use fear as your platform, as your diving board. Don't let fear paralyze you. Allow your fear to push you into it, right? And, and, and think about it that sometimes when we're fearful, our adrenaline is up. You know, things that we don't think that we could do. There's been situations and stories that you've heard that people have been in situations where a car is on somebody's foot and the adrenaline is so high that they were able to lift that car in that moment just enough off the ground, you know, to get their foot removed. Why? Because they stepped into it. They understood that what is greater, that the thing that I need to gain out of this is greater than the fear that I have within me. And as John said, it's time for you to step into it. Those of you that are afraid of starting the business, step into it. 
those of you, and even me, for me talking to myself, I've been saying for about two years now, I'm going to start writing my book. I love reading books. And it's been a pull inside of me that, hey, I want to go to my bookshelf and I want to see my name on the side of the book that I read. And as John said, that when you have purpose, that thing won't let you sleep. I am telling you what I, not, not just what I heard, but what I know. And as John said, there is no greater feeling of fear that, hey, I, 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 I'm fearful of this, but I know I have to do it. And when you actually step into it, there is no greater feeling of fulfillment than when you are doing it. Those of you that know me you, you, outside of the pulpit and when I'm preaching, Lafayette really doesn't talk that much. But when you get me in my element, the, the level of fulfillment, uh, there's been times when I step out of the pulpit and people say, we don't recognize you. And I say, I don't, rec- I don't recognize myself either. But when I'm in that moment and when I'm fulfilling purpose, it's a feeling that's unexplainable. It's a feeling that that cannot be fulfilled and only can be fulfilled when you are walking in your purpose. And as John said, not only when you step into it, you have to step into it even uncomfortable. You've got to step into it when it doesn't feel good, because I promise you, as he said, that was so good. I don't even really know how 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 weighty that statement John realizes that he said that you cannot grow unless you get uncomfortable. Right now, my wife is 16 weeks pregnant and she's uncomfortable. She's absolutely uncomfortable every day because my son is growing at a pace. I'm I'm trying to figure out, is he okay? She's constantly, you know, she's hungry, he's hungry and she's uncomfortable. You know, right now, why? Because she has a human being growing on the inside of her. And the thing that's growing on the inside of her is not just inside, but it's forcing her to do things differently and get outside of her comfort zone because she has something growing on the inside. And every one of you that will watch and listen to this, you have something growing on the inside of you. It's called purpose. It's called destiny. It's called uh, a calling. It's called fulfillment. And until you start stepping into it, you will be uncomfortable. Why? Not because you're doing something wrong necessarily, but because you have something on the inside of you that needs to be fed. And until that, until it's fed, you will constantly be in a place to where you won't get any rest. Literally, your purpose will not let you rest at night because you realize, man, I'm going to work from nine to five. I've got a degree. I'm making good money, but I still don't feel fulfilled. Uh, my children okay. You know, we live in a nice neighborhood. We're doing all right, but I still don't feel fulfilled. Why? Because purpose is not tied necessarily to external things. It's not tied to money. It's not tied to to bank account status. Those those are those are elements that come from walking in your purpose. That your purpose will feed you. Your purpose will provide for you. And that's a whole nother conversation. Because those of you that are struggling right now. You don't realize that God has put everything inside of you, every resource, every resource that you need to feed your family, every resource that you need to provide is not in your nine to five. It's in your purpose. And so some of you that are looking for, well, I wish I could make some more money. I wish I could do this. What can I do to do this? Tap into your gift and watch your gift provide for you. That's not that's not the intention behind walking in your purpose. But when you walk in your purpose, your purpose will turn around and fulfill you. You know what I mean? And so we have to do it. We have to step into it. We have to be comfortable. And the third thing that John said that struck out, stuck out to me, he said, what if 
We keep asking ourselves, what if? What if I don't do it? What if you, but what if you do do it? You know, we only look at it from that one perspective, bro, like you said, well, what if I don't do it? What what if I do it and I fail? What if I do it and people make fun of me? What if I do it and, and people say, ha, 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 see, I told you that wouldn't work. But what if you do it? What if you do it? What, what, what if you do it, Albert Einstein? What if you do it, Oprah Winfrey? What if you do it, Bill Gates? We'll have Microsoft. What if you do it, those great inventors? What if they never did that? Where would we be as a world? Where would we be as a society if everything that we have around us that we enjoy, the people that provided that to us, is because they looked at the other perspective of what if. Instead of saying, what if I do it and fail? What if I don't do it? What is because here's the thing. We don't realize there's a consequence to everything. We look at that word consequence from a negative connotation. Consequence is just a payment of an action. And so that could be positive or negative. So what is the consequence if you don't do it? What is the consequence if you don't walk in your purpose? What is the consequence that your family will suffer or your legacy will suffer because you chose to be selfish and and choose your fear over your destiny? What if you don't do it? Because here's the reality. As me, as in me walking in my purpose, I realize that I'm a product of someone else stepping into it. I'm a product of someone else saying, you know what? I'm going to overcome my fear and I'm going to step into it. They overcame that. What if I don't? And they say, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I want those of you that will watch this, those of you that will listen to this episode, I want you to think about who's tied to your yes. Who is who is depending on you that you don't even know? There could be someone on the other side of the world that's depending on your gift because there's only one you. There's only one John LeBron. There's only one Lafayette Lane. And what I have in me is different than what John has in him. What John has in him is different than what I have in me. And here's the thing. The world needs both. The world needs what you have in you. They already have us. We're waiting on you. Your legacy is waiting on you. The world is waiting on you. Your community is waiting on you. We're living in a time where we're saying, man, we need change in the, in, in the social justice. justice. We, need, we need social justice reform. We need better uh, community relations between the police officers and the community. We need better relations in our, in, in our, in our courts and in all these different areas. What if you are the solution to that? And you're saying, well, I'm just one person. So was Martin Luther King. I'm just one person. So so was Harriet Tubman. I'm just one person. So was Barack Obama. Everything starts with one, right? But that one turns into a seed where someone else can pick that up from where you started and make the change that the world needs. Go ahead, bro. Oh, you're good, man. You're good. I was just sitting there soaking it up. Yeah, man. You guys, understand this, though. Um, I had read somewhere that one of the biggest struggles over this they said this last year i think it's further than that with most adults is the is that they have a hard time and i i can see this sleeping most people say they just the one of the biggest complaints is that people can't sleep like they the, it's lack of sleep not just because they're staying up too late they just can't fall asleep right they're restless they don't know i'll tell you this i remember being in college and being that person, I would sit, lay in bed and I'd watch TV. I don't even have to invite the TV into my room anymore. But at the time, I didn't know. And so I would lay there and watch it, restless, two, three in the morning. And I just was, I didn't know. I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't figure out why. It just drove me crazy. I just sit there and eventually, you know, it comes on at like 
one o'clock in the morning, nothing but infomercials. So then I would sit there and watch infomercials and watch some guy who said he was broke one week ago and now he has a fancy car. And I would think to myself, is that the solution? And I really didn't know. I didn't buy any infomercials, but I remember not being able to sleep as a 20 year old young man. It wasn't long after that I started walking in my purpose. And initially, you're just walking. But once you get running in your purpose and you start emptying your cup all the time, you uh, never have a, re- a hard time sleeping again. You may have that occasional night because something's on your mind. But for the most part, you will not struggle sleeping. I fall asleep now like the dog. I just lay down and pass out. I mean, sometimes my wife can't even get into the room before I fall asleep and I'm out. She's like, wow, you were asleep early. When you start walking in your purpose, it's you're just emptying all the time. You're always you're always just emptying your cup. You're serving, you're giving, you're pouring, you're just going all out. It's when you're not walking in it that you have this inner fire inside that you can't figure it out. I used to watch watch this movie called it was a Rocky movie, but it's the new the last one that came out where he's like an old man. And basically in the movie it's about him and his wife, his being older, and his wife had uh, passed away, so it was just him by himself. And then he was just restless. He had a he had a diner, he had a couple friends, but he just didn't feel fulfilled. And the movie is basically about him going through that process, and people saying he was kind of a has been, and comparing new fighters to him. And in the end of the movie, he ends up boxing, and right before he goes into the fight, uh, or in the in the middle of the fight, you know, his best his good friend says to him, like, you know, get the beast out, basically is what he tells him, like, just get it out of there, right? And after the end of the movie, he says it's gone, but he finally emptied the tank. And he was happy to move on with his life, because he realized that what he thought was missing is no longer missing, he was able to just get it out. Same thing, you're gonna have to just get that fire out of you. And here's the other thing, For all of you who want to go home or go to work, come home and say, I can't because I'm tired. I almost guarantee you whatever you choose is going to be extra, especially at first. It's not going to be convenient. It's not going to be your eight to five. If it is, God bless you. But I've never had that happen. So Lafayette may not have ever had that happen. I guarantee you preaching is not part of the eight to five for him. So it's extra. You have to be willing to do it. But when you find it, it doesn't feel like so much work. Is it work? Yes. But it doesn't feel like such a drag. Is there going to be times you don't necessarily feel like it? Probably. But most of the time not. You're going to be excited about it. You're going to want to get into it. You're not, you may not want to do all the prep, but you're going to love the product at the end. So you're going to be extra. So those of you, especially those dads I keep seeing that come home and play video games till 3 o'clock in the morning, stop. Just quit. It drives me crazy to see it happen. And then you get up the next day at like 11 o'clock. Your wife's mad. You wonder why. You're like, I was just playing games. We got nothing else to do. No, you have stuff to do. She doesn't want to be married to a bum. Get up. Move forward. Figure something out. Throw that stupid controller in the toilet and just go find your purpose. Like, it yeah. drives me crazy. I know I'm ranting at the end of a show, but yeah, come on. Go. Like, guys, you're not going to be able to sleep. The reason you're up till 5 a.m. playing your games is because you can't sleep because you're doing the wrong thing. Like, you should be tired by 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, feeling pretty tired. I'm a late night person, but I just, my, the reason I like to stay up late is because my night hours is when I get to spend time doing things like this, putting there the videos, just doing things that I feel like I'm supposed to do. That's why I like to stay up. But when I'm done, 
I promise you, out. And so for everybody else, it's going to be extra. You have to put in that extra work. You have to be willing to say, all right, eight to five is paying the bills. But then, you know, from seven to 10, I'm living out my, my steps, my purpose. And eventually, eventually, you'll get rid of the eight to five, most likely. And your purpose will eventually um, provide for your lifestyle. But it's going to take some extra work. You're not just going to get to say, well, I work all day, so I'm tired. Join the club. Just join the club. It's, it is what it is. Eventually, you'll get so used to it, it's part of the routine, and it doesn't feel like extra. You actually will get to the point where you feel lazy if you weren't, weren't doing something later. And I promise you, I have, I'm married. I have two kids. I coach both of my kids a lot. I do all those things. I was watching a movie with, uh, or I was watching a movie and it was about a, a kid whose dad was not around. And my son came and gave me a bigger hug because he knows I'm always there. He was get, doing goals for his wrestling team. And the, his wrestling coach said, I want you to come up with goals. One, one year, five year, blah, blah, blah. And one of those was a 20 year goal. And then my son, who's just turned 10, his 20 year goal was to be married. And he wanted to have two kids. And he said, I'm just listening from afar. I did not come up with his goals. He said, I want to be married and I want to have two kids. And then he goes, and I want to coach my kids like my dad coaches me. I'm like, oh, oh man, how am I going to not cry in front of all these people, right? <laughs> like, come on, son, what are you doing to me? You know, and what that means, though, is it meant something to him. But outside of coaching, outside of my career, outside of all those, being a husband and everything else, a dad, um, you know, a friend, a neighbor, I, we still have time to walk out your purpose. You just don't have time to watch TV, play video games, and walk out your purpose. You got to choose. You have to choose your excuses or your purpose. Time to throw your excuses away. And as John said, I love that. You may not like the prep, but you will like the outcome. You may not like the grind. You may not like the hard work. But I promise you, you will enjoy the benefits of your, your success when you grind for it. If you wanna reap what you sow, you've got to sow. And, and, and when you ask a farmer, farmers just don't sow and they don't just uh, reap their crops when it's nice, but it's all around um, the clock job, around the clock yearly, maintaining the crops, maintaining the ground, tilling the ground in the rain, in the sunshine, in the darkness. And that's exactly what you have to do with your purpose. You've got to plant it. You've got to water it and then you will watch it grow. And guess what? The process has to start over again the next day. Every day you've got to choose to be great. Every day you've got to choose that I am going to walk in my purpose. No matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how hard it is, I choose because I have been qualified by God. This read of the month this month is our book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, Travis Bradbury and Gene Greaves. We definitely want you to go and check that out. Those of you that have a high IQ, but you never may have heard of EQ, the emotional quotient, check out that book because we want to be holistic and who we are so we can be better and be exactly who we've been called to be to walk into our purpose. Thank you for those of you that will watch and listen to this episode. Again, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel there at Unscripted Authentic Leadership. You can follow us on our various social media platforms. Subscribe there. Leave us a review on our streaming platforms. Give us a thumbs up. Tell somebody about the podcast. Check us out on our website. Share this and we will be grateful and you will be the better for it. 
As always, we pray that you be the leader that God has called you to be. We're here to build bridges and not walls. Bridges connect and walls divide. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you.